Hello, hello, hello. Check, check, check. Check, check. Hello. <laughs> it's working. Cool. So here we are. Just everything's... It's a, it's a calm Saturday afternoon. I don't record on Saturdays very often. Oh. But, you know, we made a special exception. It's a reschedule. That's okay. It's triple reschedule. Yeah. Maybe it's, double. I don't remember. I think it was only one. I think it was just a double. Oh. I think it was twice. Was it? Yeah. It may have been. Third time's a charm. <laughs> I'll tell you this. So for one, this is actually a bit of a milestone episode because this is episode 250. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for being my 250th guest. The main reason I'm bringing that up is because I've been doing this for about five years and rescheduling is very common. So... <laughs> Please don't feel bad. It happens all the time. Very used to it. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of things going on. So much. And I suppose that is a, a downside to trying to do interviews with people that are busy because sometimes they just have shit that comes up. Yep. You know? So what are you going to do? Or that they forget. Oh, yeah. That happens a lot, <laughs> too. I've definitely had like several people that have like straight up just blown me off. And just forgot and then ghost me. And it's like, oh no, you fucking asked me to be on the show. And then you blew me off. That's mean. That's okay. If they didn't really want to be here, I don't fucking want them here anyways. You feel me? I feel you. Yeah, fuck them. So with that being said, feel free to swear. Okay. How do you feel about bad words? I like bad words. What's your favorite bad word? Um, I sort of make, so I work at this jewelry shop downtown couple days a week been there for like six years and it's very old school og yeah third generation pittsburgh jewelry shop sort of awesome cool lots of cursing goes on <laughs> you know my boss is trying to set stones and he's like Motherfucker! you know so yeah. i started making out my own curse words at work okay one that i really like is absent father <laughs> Okay. You know. I dig it. <laughs> kind of like bookend his motherfucker. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. I don't know. Mix, I like to mix it up. It's good. It's important. Mix things up. So, intro. Oh, I fucked up. The fader's not on. I haven't done that before. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people who listened to the conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. How's everybody out there on the internet place doing today? I hope it is well. It is, uh, I don't know, what day is this being uploaded? September 19th. So for the people on the internet, they hope you're having a lovely September 19th. It is a lovely Saturday afternoon right now. And I'm sitting here today with my new, I guess, soon to be friend. Right now we're in acquaintance stage. We just met <laughs> 10 minutes ago downstairs. Yeah. But this is Sarah. Jane Sindler. Yeah, you got it right. I just wanted to make sure I pronounced it right. You did. Of King Reld. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know what King Reld is, this is, it's a lot of things, but 
what I would think it is the easiest way to put it in is it's just like what like so many things bizarre fashion art couture neat shit it's very abstract (laughs) it's very dark it's visually challenging and it is very exciting because for me i'm somebody who really likes physical things i like physical things that challenge my brain make me go what the fuck am i looking at and today in a digital world you don't get a whole lot of like physical things like especially when it comes to art so many people are into like digitally manipulating all of these things. And I feel like with what you're doing, it's just so physical and organic. And there's a lot to talk about. But before we get into all that, I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And I should probably also shut the fuck up and let you talk about your art and tell me what you consider King Reld to be. How do you like to describe it to the world? Um, it's hard because it's sort of in three different worlds, essentially it's in the fashion world, it's in the craft, you know, art jewelry world, and it's in the fine art world. So I wanted to actually ask not to cut you off, um, but I was really curious about like what came first, like what inspired what was it like, oh, I want to design fashion and then that ended up turning into like now I'm making art or was it I want to do art and then you accidentally started doing fashion as a result I think it started in fashion I've always been really interested in fashion cool um yeah but I didn't start metalsmithing until about six years ago and I didn't really start metalsmithing until about what four years ago three years ago or so yeah so it's been a progression for sure. Um, I don't know. As a kid, like I went to tons of art museums with my family and was always, you know, questioning art and like meaning and motifs and things like that. Um, was there anybody in your family that was doing art or was it just like appreciators yeah. of art? A lot of appreciators, a lot of artists, my granddad. Um, on my dad's side, especially my grandmother on my mom's side, my granddad's brother that's awesome so yeah, you like grew up in a reasonably creative and cultured environment yeah my mom's an artist she kind of like put it on hold during my childhood mm-hmm. um yeah but she's been doing a lot lately it's what kind of, of stuff does she do she's a collage ist and uh is that, the, is that the right oh, word for i don't that? know <laughs> collagist yeah Fair weaver enough. she's a jew ceramics cool yeah awesome she's crafty so with King Reld, since I cut you off because I'm a fucking terrible interviewer, 250 episodes in, don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Anyways, what I kind of cut you off in the middle of your description of what King Reld is specifically. Yeah. So I think to me, it's a little bit different than what it is to people who are viewing my work. Um To me, it's sort of like a conversation based in fashion, like a performance that's based in fashion. Um, Lately, I've been, you know, the bread and butter is the grills that I've been making, which is awesome. I love making them. It's like a very intimate process. Um, And I think a lot of people who 
buy them from me are performers, you know, and sort of like informs what they're doing and like the mood that they're trying to set or, you know, some sort of empowerment to like their craft or. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And you brought some girls, right? I did. Since you brought them up, let's show the people some of the stuff you're doing. I also have like your website and stuff pulled up. I want to go through some of that stuff, but I also don't want it to all be 1000% show and tell. Okay. This is, this is like a really good one. I'm going to save this. this Okay. Okay. I'm like, (laughs) you can't see it on the screen, but I could, I could see it here and I'm like, whoa. Um, so a lot of these ones are from this collection that I released last fall, I think for Pittsburgh fashion week. Okay. Um, it's the jewelry collection. This is a grill that Marie wore in the fashion show. And they're all like custom, of course, to the wearer. So like I can't wear this one, sadly. <laughs> but um, the jewelry collection was about sort of like beautifying our ugliness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this way of like um, bodily functions and like how we sort of, you know, disrespect our bodily functions to a point that's like dehumanizing us um so i made a lot of grills with like drool coming out of them and then some like nose jewelry with like you know you could wear like fancy snot yeah like a fancy nosebleed or a lot of this stuff like that i've picked up just from looking at your work i already mentioned how i like how physical it is in a time where everything's so digital and speaking on like you know our imperfections everything digitally is so perfect everybody's all worried about like oh let me you know correct the size of my cheekbones in some weird app before i post this photo and change my skin tone and all this stuff and it's like it's so fucking fake and weird and like why can't we just be ourselves and be happy with that i think it's because of the you know everyone's doing it so why aren't you doing it totally you know yeah and it's like that social pressure is ever present yeah to be inhuman Uh it it makes no sense it even bleeds over you know like into art into music all of these unrealistic things you know you see hear a lot of bands that have these perfect sounded recordings and you go see them live and it's like, Oh, this isn't the same fucking thing at all. And it's the same thing with people, you know, Mm -hmm. supermodel on Instagram. And then in person, it's just like, Oh yeah, you're just as normal as me. Motherfucker. Right. (laughs) Absent father. father. (laughs) It's a good one, right? Mm -hmm. I like it. I might start (laughs) putting it into the show. So yeah, I really, I hadn't even thought about the concept of this stuff hanging from the the grills that I saw is drool. I hadn't even thought about that. That makes so much sense to me when I saw it. I was like, Oh, that's just fucking weird. But I like the idea of it being drool or snot or blood or things like that. Where did that idea come from? Hmm, I don't know. Was it just like a happy accident sort of thing? Self image thing. Like a lot of my work is very based in like self image and, sort of like giving confidence to having a positive self-image. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I also think that like, you know, drool is kind of funny. You know, I like to like <laughs> absolutely make this very serious looking jewelry, but it's also like kind of funny. Yeah, that's what's... There's another like a... I don't want to say like... It's like an, a very like adolescent sort of quality to something that is like a 
fine art yeah. or like fashion piece that's yeah. kind of like because there's some elements of that world that are very like kind of cornball and it's like a nice sort of just like poking <laughs> it with a stick like hey you know just being yeah. like a little shit and still doing something's like really cool but like do you know that comic snot girl Mm-mm. it's great <laughs> i think it's sort of like subconsciously i saw a flyer of this comic like giant poster of this like very attractive girl with like green hair and like you know she's wearing a tank top and like she just had like snot coming out of her nose and i was like that's so awesome hell yeah (laughs) so maybe that's where it came from i don't know like the beginnings yeah with getting into all of this stuff to begin you know uh where did uh because like with crafting stuff like metalsmithing, I guess, because that's a, that's a big part of what you're doing now. Yeah. And having to, you know, make custom pieces for people and all right. of those things. Like that's, there's a lot of work in, that I imagine that goes into all that. So how did you get started in thinking about like, oh, I want to do grills for people and learning how to uh, make the, the just, stuff? Because like, I've never talked with anybody that does anything just, like, like this. So like, I don't, I'm so fascinated by it. I mean, I love grills. They're, I just think that they're so powerful, you know, and like also kind of ugly in this way. Like, like your grandma is always going to be like, God damn it. Why did you get a grill? Because <laughs> of her, you know, social beauty standards, uh-huh. you know? And I think that's really interesting. Um, I don't know. I just like wanted to make a grill. So I made one and like I didn't know how to do it. And I just figured it out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. You know, and the grill market is like very protective of its process. And um, like no one will tell you how to make a grill. That's a sentence I never expected to hear. The grill market is very protective of its process. Interesting. Yeah, like I was very fortunate to meet a grill maker on Instagram who told me like a key factor in my process that if I wouldn't have known, like this would have been way harder. Shout outs to them. Yeah, Juanita Grills. Check them out on Instagram. They're really cool. With the other stuff that you do outside of the grills or other pieces that you've done maybe even with things that aren't like fashion related like what was your come up like with just starting to create like physical things so i've always like made stuff um i didn't really you know i wasn't super serious about it until i got to college and i have an art degree and like i went to chatham and their art program is like fine (laughs) um But then, like, the way that I got into metalsmithing was, like, perfect for me. My friend, like, I've always loved jewelry. Like, I don't know. My grandma, she always loved jewelry. She always, like, let me play around in her jewelry box and put on all of her jewelry in the mirror. And, like, it was this whole thing that I would do every time I visited her. Um, So, fast forward, like, what, 20 years. My friend Trisha of you equal love who you should also check out you equal love.org um she used to be a metal smith in chicago and she made this 
ring that she gave me. And it was like this giant hunk of sterling silver. And like, it was just so mind blowing. And she was like, oh, like, why don't you just make one? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> she's like, oh, here's some wax. Here's a file. Like, make a ring. It's not a big deal. And so I like sat down on her couch and like carved this ring out of wax. And she's like, sweet, let's go get it cast. And I was like, what? <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> um, so we went to um, the shop across the hall from where I've been working for the last six years. And we got it cast and it like looked horrible. The casting was horrible. And I was like, fuck. So then we molded it. We had them mold it. I didn't mold it. And then we went to where I work now to get it cast. And I was like, oh, my God, like I can make jewelry like in a semi-professional way that's going to look really good. I didn't sell any of those rings. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I sold maybe one. Um, But I created this professional relationship with Ira of David I Helper Jewelers downtown in the Clark building. Um, and like weaseled my way into a job there without really knowing anything about metalsmithing at all, you know? And that's how it started. And Ira, (laughs) you know, every time I make something, he's like rolls his eyes a little bit because it's like, so not traditional jewelry, (laughs) you know? Yeah, totally. That's so fun. So, in your like day job life form, life form, are you working on stuff that is like more traditional? Like, do you actually do any? I do, yeah, yeah. So that's how I'm very technically trained because of working at David I Helper Jewelers. That's super cool. Yeah, um, and I don't think that you know if I went to school for metalsmithing, it would have been that way. Also, I would have had way less practice, you know, especially using fine metals like gold. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a really cool piece of the puzzle that, I mean, obviously we just met, but I wasn't aware of, but that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just being able to have access to that to always keep up the practice and do the basic things and work with different kinds of metal, I imagine, right. gives you an upper hand in what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Also, like doing repairs. Like I do repairs pretty much only now there. And it's cool to see how things are put together and like, you know, one part of it will be broken and so you solder it together and like the other part of it like falls off and you're like, God damn it, (laughs) you know, and then it's just all about problem solving and like you you have no idea how something is made until you like put some fire on it, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Absolutely. What's some of like the most challenging stuff that oh, what would be the most challenging part of metal smithing um marketing <laughs> <laughs> okay so that actually gets i don't know i i i mean i think like being open to like learning and like like really learning how to make something well like refining your craft. Like I historically have been a very like eager maker, you know, and like, that's not always great (laughs) because you like 
you're like, oh, I want to make this so bad. And then you like skip all these steps, you know, sure, and like sure. metalsmithing is so much about like order of operations. If you like skip a step and you get to like step six, then you still haven't done step two. And then your piece is like probably going to fall apart, mm-hmm. you know. It's hard to be able to exercise the patience mm-hmm. when you want your output to meet a certain quota, but you're doing everything yourself. And, you know, you don't want to sacrifice quality for quantity. But if you're like a maniac, like I'm, I'm, I'm a maniac. So I'm Same. always trying to do like 10,000 so things yeah. at once. And then you know, yeah. everything falls apart. And I'm like, why did I do this? Yeah, but then you're like, oh, now I know. That's true. You know, <laughs> like when I teach, I like try to relinquish total control and like let my students fuck up so that they can like really understand like why, the why, you know? Yeah. What are you teaching? I teach, I'm not teaching right now. Um, building a studio in Wilkinsburg at Proto Haven with some people um, so that we can teach and learn from each other. What kind of stuff? Um, like in the like in metal smithing yeah, and that sort of thing? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just-, just like fabrication, um, casting, probably. Um, with like anything jewelry or like yeah. other stuff. Oh, so it's all jewelry. Yeah. Do you do any stuff that's not jewelry? Um, yes, I do performance art and I do like very unskilled fashion wearables. Okay. <laughs> Abstract. Um, I just went to a blacksmithing workshop this weekend, which is really cool. But, um, I got to get that set up. Before I can blacksmith. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, totally. It's there's always so much stuff that I want to do, and I always have a really hard time just focusing on the one thing or telling myself that, like, basically, learning how to say no to myself is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. I got really good at saying no to other people, but like, I still can't say no to myself. So I'm always trying to do ten thousand fucking things. Yeah, but with. Uh, the fashion stuff that you're doing, like outside of the metal smelting, you say metal smelting. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you said you were doing like wearables and things like that. So yeah. do you have like some background in like sewing and things like that as well? Or like, uh, yeah. is it like another? I just thing? like sew. I don't know. Yeah. It's not necessarily <laughs> as uh, like trained and nuanced maybe as no. your metal smithing is. It's Definitely more just kind not. of like a... Yeah, fuck it. Let's see what happens. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to make this, you know, dress for a fashion show, I guess. You know? What is that world like? I feel like the, to me, an outsider in the world of fashion, I feel like it seems like a very, like, you got to sell yourself and be very like me, me, me. Check me the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the shit. I'm better than you. Fuck your stuff. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a very like collaborative, like with arms wide open sort of community to I, me. I, I mean, am I wrong? I've only done, you know, Pittsburgh fashion stuff. Yeah. Um. So I imagine it's just kind of like it's also a, a so community. expensive to like be in a fashion show like. You know, you have to spend five thousand dollars just to go to the 
be in the fashion show. Really? Or more. I don't know. Wow. And like, maybe someone cares if you're in the fashion show. Maybe they don't. You know? Yeah. I find that in Pittsburgh, fashion shows, um, in my experience, aren't for the people making the fashions. It's for like an entertainment portion of some event, you know? And you're like, like, that's fine. But like, it's this weird disconnect where people are like, oh, I'm supposed to buy this stuff. And you're like, yeah, that's, (laughs) you know, that's why I'm putting it out here. And maybe if it's part, it's like a side part of another event. Yeah. You might have a, large portion of people that are there that weren't intending to go to a fashion show. Yeah. And then you throw it at their lap and it, yeah, it's kind of strange. It's like, or they like, don't light it. Oh yeah. (laughs) And you're like, I understand like setting a mood for a fashion show is like a huge part of, you know, the whole concept of an event. But like, if you don't light the fashion, like you can't see any, like any of the details. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like make tiny stuff like this that are in fashion shows. And if there's no light, you're not going to be able to see it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that really that, that like transcends into like just across all borders of entertainment. You know, like imagine going to see a movie and you sit down in the theater and they never dimmed the lights before they started showing and be like, what the fuck is this? Right. Or even like going to see a band, like even just like if the if the lighting in the space feels off, it's like you feel like, oh, like, am I at a concert or mm-hmm. am I at a band practice? Right. It, feel, it doesn't feel right yeah. all the time. You gotta, it's really about creating that environment outside of the piece itself. Right. But I imagine a lot of times they're just like, well, it's a fashion show. So, yeah. I mean, my favorite way to like present fashion work is, and, you know, jewelry work too is like, in a performative manner and like fashion shows are cool, but they're very constructed. Um, and you know, when you're going to a fashion show, you're like, Oh, these models are going to walk down a runway and like show you these clothes. And it's like a great way to show fashion, but it's not very interesting. And like a lot of ways that people show jewelry is not very interesting. They're like, here's a neck on a wall with a necklace on it behind glass, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like meant to be worn. So if it's behind glass, you can't like, you're not interacting with it in the way that you should be, you know? Sure. It's like people that collect action figures, but never take them out of the box. Right. This is sad. I feel bad for those action figures. You know? <laughs> yeah. They're probably Let so it lonely. <laughs> Let it breathe. With what you're doing, I imagine, and I'm sure you have done this, like you have an opportunity to do like pretty cool like performance art slash like art installations with your work. Yeah. And with my friends, you know, like uh-huh. if it wasn't for like Guinevere, you know, she's my favorite performance buddy, you know, and her, the performances that we do to, together are like very conceptual and she's, you know, has this amazing imagination and um yeah and it's very fashion based we you know she creates this whole story and then i don't know it's cool it's such a cool experience i was gonna 
pull up because you actually have some pretty cool video on your website I, that I was that I was checking out. There it is. There. Yeah, this is. You have a very very nice website. Thank you. Do you want to say that? And uh, <laughs> yeah, all this website. all these visuals are super super great. This what can video, you tell? What can, what can you tell me about this? So this is from a fashion show we had at the Carnegie Museum of Art. Um, it was put on by Feline Entertainment and Girl FX. I think they're going by GFX now. Um, <clears throat> and then Elaine Healy and I collaborated. She did the the clothing, and I did the jewelry. Um, my friend Keaton Manning made this sick video. Who's like one of my favorite people to work with to like present the work. Yeah, no, you know? I think everything, awesome. everything did like a, everything was like super, super killer. So the one thing I just noticed, like I saw that one of the models was wearing like a, a head thing. Was that something that you made? Yeah. Whoa. Like with the hair. Yep. That's, that's fucking crazy. Stone wig. Was that a pain in the ass to make? Oh my God. It took so long. I, I just made I another one recently. I can't too. even imagine. How long does it take to make something like that? It took me like 40 hours, I bet. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's all... It looks amazing, though. It feels great, too. Like, to physically wear? Yeah. It's sort of like... I feel it's, stick- it's like a... Pa- like, how much... Are you somebody it's that... definitely like, weighty. Like, weighty and, like, powerful? Yeah. But you- also, like, like, relaxing in this way, like... It feels like when you stick your hand in a barrel of beans, but like <laughs> on your face. Hell yeah. It's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Are you somebody that is into like, like different uh, energies and like stones and things like that? I know some people were into like crystals and stuff like that. Mm. I don't know if that's anything that like you think about or incorporate in any of your work. Like even if it's not necessarily like a something you take seriously, but I don't really. Yeah. So when it comes to like, I'm like more interested in like the, the physical beauty of an object. Cool. Yeah. And like what it means to me. I, I guess. understand. I was just asking because I have noticed there are like some like different sorts of stones in some mm-hmm. of the work, and I wasn't sure if there was any sort of like it's spiritual like thing based in the concept of the piece. Cool. Yeah. So you're thinking more about just like color, color and shape, and you know how it interacts with the body, essentially. Yeah. Gotcha. And you know maybe it, you know, maybe some of these stones interact with a way that I'm not familiar with. You know. Yeah. There's that's a it's a it's an interesting thing. I'm not I'm not uh I don't like to poo-poo anybody's beliefs Definitely regardless not. of what they are. Like I'm just I'm the type of person that's like, okay, well, I've never seen a ghost. I've never had a supernatural experience. I don't really believe in it. But when somebody tells me that they had like some supernatural thing, I'm like, cool. Yeah. Like, I, I, or like you I, feel differently, you know. Yeah. It's just it's like I, I wish that I would have a supernatural experience just because like that, that would make the the world so much more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many things that I just have never experienced. So. I mean, I think it's like a matter of people being open in different ways, you know. With the you mentioned before. That the most difficult part of metalsmithing was marketing. <laughs> so I wanted to actually get into a conversation. I guess, you know, eventually 
we as artists, creatives, we get to a point where it's like, hey, I want to do this and make a living off of it, Mm -hmm. hopefully. So we need to get into the business side of things. Right. What was the transition for you like going from like, okay, well, I have all this shit. Now I got to try to sell it to people. Um, How'd you go about that? It's still happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that... So I had this show Teeth Dreams, like, was it two years ago? At Bunker Projects. And like, I spent a ton of money on that show. It was super awesome. I loved how it turned out. Like, it was exactly what I wanted. But it was like, at the beginning of the transition into the business side. And now I like have an accountant and like an art lawyer and like have LLC'd my business and like have my own King Reld account. And like when you, when you transition from like, Oh, this is, you know, my fun thing that I do that I spend all my money on into a business, then you're like, Oh shit. Like, how much does it cost to like buy this stuff or like run this machine or, you know, all this, you know, have a show. Yeah. It's like less of like an idealistic vision and more of a realistic vision. Yeah. And you you get to a point I imagine where getting back into the conversation of saying no to yourself, Mm -hmm. you have to start uh, shaking hands with the, the devil that is compromise a lot, yeah. I imagine. And uh, just like, fuck, like I have this really fantastic idea for something, but I just like literally cannot monetarily like right. allow myself to do this. Well, I mean, there's grants. Yeah. If you get them. <laughs> that's, that's a, then that's a whole nother world. Right. I imagine just applying and yeah. convincing people that you're worthy of their money and i mean like the more connections you make the more people that you meet and talk to and become friends with like it helps a lot um i just went to penland school of craft it's this awesome craft school in north carolina for a workshop for two weeks it was amazing i met so many people and it was just like so refreshing to be around all these artists who, you know, are doing the same thing I'm doing, not making the same thing, but like the trying same. to make this their job. Yeah. On the same wavelength. I think it's super important for any creator to be able to surround themselves with people and be in an environment that's like super encouraging mm-hmm. and positive and productive. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes, especially if you're somebody like yourself, I imagine locally, you might not know very many people that are doing the same stuff you're doing. There's a few, there's, you yeah. know, there's but it, it could be pretty isolating different. though. I imagine Definitely. though, because like everybody, even if you know those people, they're right. obviously you're in your own bubbles, just working on your own shit all the time. Yep. It's not like a band where it's like, you know, Oh, you know, Every other week we're going out, we're playing shows and we're seeing people. A big part of what we Mm -hmm. do is socializing. That's a huge part of it. But with what you do... I think a huge part of it is socializing too. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean like in the craft, like in the creation of it. Yeah. Well, I guess so because... Well, I think so because like I go to conferences all the time 
and like take as many workshops as I can and, you know, like go to metalsmith meetups and. Well, yeah, I think that that would probably just because like you have that, that drive, that energy to take that extra step to do mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. You could very easily just be, you could be doing what you're doing, but just without taking that extra step to leave the house and try to meet other people. I don't think it would work. Like, yeah, I don't think it would either. Like no one would buy my totally. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, I was, yeah that, that's it obviously doesn't, yeah. it wouldn't work. You need to make those steps yeah. to do that. You need to be a little extroverted, yeah. I suppose, which yeah. I always find super interesting because a lot of people start making art from like a, an introverted mm-hmm perspective and then it gets to that point where you gotta get into the business so you gotta start talking to people and it's like oh fuck the only reason i started drawing is because i hated everybody yeah and now i gotta gotta, or like hated math yeah and now accounting numbers (laughs) i do so much math i like you know cheated my way through all of my math classes and now i do math every day like i have to it's sort of like when you go to hell and you have to like repeat <laughs> the task that you hate forever. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. With the crafting and the metal smithing, is there any sort of um so I guess there's like a, a, a minor part of like a uh it's like a biological architecture in a way, with like figuring out like shaping and sizing things to, you know, different people's parts because like obviously you're making a piece like that rhinestone head thing it's like well everybody's head is shaped differently so yeah and then like everybody's teeth are different everybody's noses are different what are some other pieces that you've done because there's like i've Um, seen like ear things and all kinds of crazy stuff cuffs we can actually really hard i mean it's funny because like i try to make like production jewelry that you know, I could sell at stores and whatever, but like everything I make is custom. And so I can't like, I can't help but make it for your body parts that are all, you know, everyone's are different. This is nuts. I love that. That's so cool for anybody that is just listening on Spotify or Apple or Google. You could watch this or you could see this stuff for yourself. If you don't want to watch it on YouTube or Facebook, you can go to kingreld.com. That's K-I-N-G-R-E-L-D.com. And you could check out this stuff for yourself. Check it out. It is pretty, pretty insane. Okay, here we go. You got a pearl wig. There's another one I made recently. Fucking crazy. When it comes to... um. Like when you like, there's like some pretty cool makeup on this model right here. Do you have a makeup artist that you work with? This Anybody is Karma specifically? Sanjay Lama. They're in Pittsburgh. They are very talented. They do most of my makeup stuff. Super, super cool. Yep. All these grills are so intense. Thanks. <laughs> It's kind of scrolling through really, really slow so people could check out stuff. This one's I love so much. This one's the You've Got Yellow Teeth Grill. It's like <laughs> a big chunk of plaque right there. And this is There's Broccoli in Your Teeth Grill. I love it. 
You you a broccoli fan? I like broccoli. Any other vegetables like all that you've you've made jewelry around? Carrots. Carrots. Well, what was what was the carrot one? Well, <laughs> you know how like gold is measured in carrots. Also, diamonds are measured in carrots. Oh, yeah. It's funny. I get it. <laughs> glasses. Okay. I think I saw the, like, there was some glasses in the video, mm-hmm. right? Same glasses. Same glasses. Those are pretty cool. Um, You can change the slides on them too, which is fun. Yeah. These are the nose cuffs I was talking about. Okay. Um, oh, that's super creative. The teardrops. Mm-hmm. Just these ideas are just so interesting. I'm just super like, I don't know, just like how does your brain work when it comes to thinking like, oh, I can make a nose piece with pieces that can come up and then create teardrops. Is it just like you just think of an idea and just fucking do it? I just do it. I don't know. I don't even sketch it. I just make it. Huh. Sometimes people are like, oh, I need to see some sketches. And I'm like, I know. God damn it. <laughs> Absent father. <laughs> <laughs> this Tusk's grill is really, really crazy. I think I saw a photo of somebody wearing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. Oh, these I, are cool for the music peeps. These are um, earplug caps. So oh. that... I think I have some here. So... These are little caps with a little hole in them at the back at the back. And you can like shove your oh disposable earplug, roll it up like you do when you put it in your ear and you shove it in the little hole. And then let it expand and then you can roll the other side and shove it in your ear. And then you have like a cute thing poking out of your ear. That is so creative. How did you think of that? I just thought of it. I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, I hate how earplugs look. <laughs> They're horrible. Yeah, I, 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 I can't imagine. Is there like a little mushroom one? Yeah. Cute? That is hysterical. <laughs> like you just, I love the idea of just the way that you obviously just like look at the world and observe things. You're probably, that is gnarly too. These ones have little wigglies on them. I feel like, are you just always looking at things and observing things and trying to think of ways to just improve it or think about like, how can I do something like that with jewelry? Yeah. Or like, I mean, not necessarily mostly it's like, how did they make that? Or I'm like, Oh, they did it like this, you know? Mm -hmm. Like whenever I go to a museum or gallery, I like can't just like enjoy the art. I just like, my brain is wired to be like, how did they do that? I am the same way. 100%. It's kind of sucks, but it's also like pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was at, there was a, an, an art museum in Milwaukee and I don't remember the name of it, but there can't be very many in Milwaukee, <laughs> but uh, they had a really cool piece there and I don't remember the artist, but <coughs> excuse me. It was like a, <laughs> Like it's like a like an open suitcase on the floor, and then like you walk over and you look down into, it and it's like an installation that's built like on the floor underneath with mm. like a running water, and like you see some legs dangling, and it's like this whole piece that's just like 
it's like when you look into the suitcase, it's like a sewer grate and like you could see into the okay, floor underneath. Yeah. It's super fucking cool. But I'm like looking at it and I'm like, who maintains this? How do they like keep it going? It's constantly flowing water. It's lit really cool. It's like, do you have to take off the grate and crawl down into it? Or did they like set up something on the floor underneath mm-hmm. or there's a door that you can't see where mm-hmm. you can go in? It's like, I'm always thinking about the logistics. Definitely. Instead of just being completely blown away by this thing. Yeah. It's yes. super cool. I need to like figure out the name of this, uh, the name of this piece. But is there anything that you haven't done that you've like really, really wanted to do, but it's just kind of like maybe outside of your skill set or outside of like your monetary ability right now? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I want to have another show, but I don't have any money right now. So. <laughs> I meant like uh, I was speaking more like specifically about like any sort of like a piece. Um. Well, there's this one piece that I made a while ago. I think it's in the Teeth Dreams section of my website, but I made it for um, Mike Mizak. Do you know him? Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, I made him a fancy eyeball. Yeah. And. This was like so long ago, like four years. I don't know. So long ago that I made. We're this speaking thing. of uh, Mike from Earns. Yeah. He was literally just sitting in that chair two days ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so shout outs to Earns. Uh, teeth dreams. Where's that at? Go to work. <laughs> go to work. I don't want to go to work. Don't go to work. Be self-employed. Oh, these are some fucking awesome photos. Yeah, they're pretty fun. Katie Krulak takes a lot of my photos. Oh, cool. Shout outs to her. She's awesome. Yep, that's the one. Uh, That's another really cool video. But so I made this eyeball. I'm just gonna... Oh, God. There's music. That's fine. I'll turn it down. (laughs) No, turn it up. It's my friend Marty's music. Hello, Rose Chalice. This stuff is so rad. (laughs) I love this video so much. Hell yeah. Shout out to Keaton. Yeah, shout outs. How the fuck do I get out of of full screen? There we go. All right, so let's go down. Let's see. Let's look for an eyeball. Yeah, it should be in there. Yep, right here. That's Mike's face. Hey. On a mirror. And then, oh, his eyeball's in this, but maybe it's not on there. <laughs> oh, there it is. Super cool. So I molded his prosthetic eyeball. Um, <laughs> this is very dramatic. I mean, it like made him like pop it out and place it in my hand so I could mold it. <laughs> <laughs> um, cut it in half in the mold after it's molded and end in wax. And then hollowed it totally out. Um, so there's two pieces. And then I set this tiger eye stone with the onyx pupil in it from the back. And then had it laser soldered all back together. 
Whoa. So it's totally hollow. And right now, I think in a couple of weeks, we're going to see his prosthetic eyeball doctor. And we're going to get it coated in the special prosthetic eyeball plasticky resin stuff so that he can actually wear it. Fuck yeah. I'm so excited. That is fucking gnarly. Yeah, it's going to look so good on stage. (laughs) 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 I have this. I have some of these grills here. Yeah, yeah. Again, I I apologize to anybody that is just simply listening to this episode. Sounds good, though. (laughs) It's a lot of pearls strung together. Also, all the pearls that I use, I tie a knot in between every one. So if you can visualize that. I'm out of time. (laughs) (laughs) This is from a dream that I had. Okay. That's why it's called Teeth Dreams. I don't know if you've ever had a dream where your teeth fall out or like crumble in your mouth or fall out in your hands or. I think, yeah. They're really intense and scary and you feel powerless. But I had this dream where I like felt really hot and I was like at this bar and like super swanky and there were like mirrors surrounding me and the lighting was like blue and green and like very calming and I had a martini and I was like looking in the mirror and all of a sudden it like turned into a teeth dream and all of my teeth started growing out of my mouth as strings of pearls, but they were teeth strings. That's fucking crazy. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do anything. Surrender. It's <laughs> all you can do in a teeth dream. So... This show is sort of about like, you know, self-image and like self-image hate or, you know, trying to not hate on yourself so much. And um, I made all these scary grills, like the Tusk one and also have this crazy one, which is super fun. Um. What is, uh, what are those dangling on that one? Rhinestones. Rhinestones. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking so nuts. Uh, yeah, it's very like Cthulhu-y to me. Um, so then there are also these like giant mirrors all around the room. And Guinevere and Chelsea... Rumba and Greg, me and I were modeling for the show and like interacting with viewers while they were also interacting with the mirrors, sort of like forcing people to like look at themselves and like think about those ideas. Okay. Mm -hmm. With putting, you know, the, the shows together, I imagine that's like a huge part of everything that you like to do because it's kind of like the it's the the probably the the most efficient way to get your vision across mm-hmm. to like create a total environment mm-hmm. and present the work in a place where it makes the most sense but it's yeah. probably difficult because it's just it's so much extra stuff and time and money and space and all those things yeah but it's but again, like grants 
Yeah, grants. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> just dig it out of your pocket. Yeah. If you can. <laughs> um, yeah, it's sort of like it all like comes to a head at the show. Um, but, you know, that's where I get most of my photography done, too. And it's just it's sort of like everybody's like way more in character at the show than if you're having a photo shoot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes a lot of it's sense, like actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're uh, getting a lot done. You know, yep. two birds, one stone right. sort of mentality. And, like, people get to interact within that, you know, mood, character. It's cool. When you are marketing and doing stuff online... What do you find to be the most proficient way of uh, marketing what it is that you do? You know, do you do any sort of like Facebook targeted bullshit or do you just post stuff or do you just try to rely on people to share things around or mix of everything? What works for you? Um, I think word of mouth works the best for me. Um, Instagram's great. Uh, it's kind of hard to like figure out like why, you know, you get 280 likes on one photo and why you get 80 likes on another photo, which just like doesn't really make sense. I don't yeah, know. there's no. I don't get it. Yeah, I, 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 for a long time, I used to think it was like, oh, you're not posting at the right time of the day. Mm-hmm. But the way that I mean, in- I think that has some. I think it maybe does, but the way Instagram pushes stuff into your feeds now, mm-hmm. it's like you'll, I'll be looking at people's feeds I'm like, and yeah. I'm still see, I see like the same photo over and over and over again that somebody posted days ago, yes. but still keeps popping up in my thing. And it's like, it's why? Weird. It's like, maybe it's like, do they keep, is it, is this somebody's photo that maybe I typically like their photos mm-hmm. a lot and I didn't like this one. So right. Instagram's still sending it to me like, Hey, we just want to make sure you saw this because we know that you always engage with, you know, the sandwiches that Doug posts or whatever the fuck it is. And, but you're not engaging with this one. What's wrong? You're not seeing it. I don't know. It's so weird. I wish that it, it wasn't like that. I don't like having information sent to me based on what the algorithm thinks I want to see because it's not accurate. Like yeah. on Instagram, I just want to see like the timeline to be accurate yeah. of things. That makes the most sense to me. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I think that Instagram's great for getting people to my website, which is the goal. Yeah. Um cuz the you know, everything's here. Yeah, no, you have a really, really great website. It like just brings you into this environment where you can really see and engage with the work. And all the photos are great. And I think it makes so much sense to have those photos and those videos so people can see like what this stuff looks like mm-hmm. and how it, you know, could make the the propen- the potential customer look cooler. Yeah. With also one thing about <laughs> that I find really funny with making grills is like most people who buy a grill are like already really cool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> um also most people who are really cool like don't ever smile in any of their photos. Okay. Except for when they buy a grill. Cuz they have to. Yeah. 
Isn't that funny? I think it's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, DJ Femi is awesome and they promote me so much and I love them. Shout outs. Oh. Shout outs to them. <laughs> With the uh, responsibility of being a fashion designer, is that something that you take seriously or do you think about like the like the the social responsibility like where you're getting stuff from that you use mm-hmm. like how you're sourcing materials things like that is that something you think about a lot yeah um it's i mean this stuff is mined which is weird um but a lot of it is refined from silver that's been you know out and about for maybe even, you know, 150 years. Um, I work with a company ca- called United Precious Metals and they do, they make all of their metal from refined silver. So it's all recycled. Um, I mean, I buy new silver sometimes. But yeah, a lot of the stones... Like all the stones in the jewelry collection were from costume jewelry that, you know, just like pop them out and clean them up a little bit. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. With doing things that like, uh, like things that take a lot of time, like the, the, the headpiece how do you start with something like that? Um, like, I don't even understand like how you would even make that. Do you like base it off of like the structure of maybe how like a wig works? Mm-hmm. It's very similar to how a wig works. Um, the art, there's a steel armature underneath it that I made out of like steel hangers. Um, and it's just like fitted around my head. It's sort of like the rhinestone one is a little bit different than the pearl one, but the rhinestone one is like, it follows like the shape of your head with like these steel beams that go back. And then everything, all the rhinestone strands are wire wrapped onto those steel lines. It takes a long time. Yeah. So it's like wrap around and then wrap around the rhinestone strand and then wrap, wrap. What? If you had to say, is the longest you've spent on a piece? I think that one. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm really fast. Yeah, like when it comes to like the the grills, which seems to be like, you know, the bulk of what you're doing mm-hmm. now, how long does it take you on average to maybe put one of those together? Um so to make it I tell my customers four to six weeks, but that is because I have a lot of grills and I'm making it once. But to make a grill, um, so I do an impression, which takes 10 minutes. And then I pour the impression with this like hard plaster mixture called dental stone. It's like super hard. It's like a rock. Um, And so I'll pour that and let it sit overnight. And then... When it's hard in the morning, then I form wax on top of it. That's why I make them in wax. And that probably takes me like two hours max per grill. And then I cast them. So then 
they go into the burnout oven overnight. Burnout cycles like I think eight hours, and then cast them with molten metal. And then when they come out, they're like you know kind of like gritty. You gotta clean them up a lot. Um, but I try to do most of my cleanup in the wax, so it takes me a little longer in the wax than the metal. Um, so I feel like in the metal to clean them up, it's like probably an hour and a half or so. So, so the process just seems like it's a lot of waiting. It's wh- like yeah. a lot of like short steps, but a lot of waiting in between. Mm-hmm. It's almost like ceramics in a way. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. With so maybe like you know six hours total. Yeah, but like With- spread over the course of a couple days, yeah. pretty much. And I imagine there's a lot of juggling that you're trying to do where. It's like if you're working on multiple pieces at once, you know, do you just, you know, do each step for each piece individually or is it like, oh, like I have so five I, pieces I'm working on. I'm going to do yeah. all of the, Production the molding style. or whatever for this. Yeah. yeah. So try to streamline so it that way. So I just poured like 12 impressions and then two of them had to go out really quick. So I, st- I poured them all and then waxed them all. I waxed the ones that had to go out first and casted those already. And they're already out at New York Fashion Week. Yay. Um, But yeah, I mostly just do them all at once. Also, it's like so inconsistent. It's like, you know, I had 12 this time, but I'll have two, you know, in a couple days, you know. Yeah. So it's like, you never really know. Yeah. And if you have two grills, you're like, just make them. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah, the in, the inconsistency of art. Yeah. So, and when you're doing like the business side of things, it could be really you're just like oh aggravating at God. times. Yeah. Like, like I, I didn't get any sales all summer. Super slow. Yeah. So slow. Like it's fine. Go on vacation. Pay for childcare. It's fine. But also, like <laughs> I'm struggling over here. <laughs> sure. Well, but, I think it's you know awesome that you're still grinding and getting your stuff out there you know you mentioned new york fashion week you're gonna have some stuff yeah, and i know that you've collaboration had... with sb shades what they do they do cool sunglasses okay like a fashion person they also have like a cooking show really tight <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah and i know that you've had stuff like in different exhibits all over the place right so you're doing what you can yeah trying I... to do it at this point, it's really just a matter of, I think, just sticking to it yep. and making sure that you don't, you know, drop the ball or lose that that spark. Because once mm-hmm. once the spark's gone, it'll start to show in the work. And then once right. the spark's gone out of the work, then well, it's I game think over. That, you know, you got to kindle the spark by keeping it exciting. And like, you know, maybe one day I'll, I won't like making grills anymore. So I'll do something else. I'll make something else. You know? Yeah, there's all sorts of jewelry. So many sorts. You ever thought about like doing something crazy, like like making a dress or something that you could actually like more insanely wearable? Yeah. Boots. I don't know. So I gotta figure <laughs> out because I mostly work in silver. Yeah. So I'm trying to like I'm trying to broaden the metal materials. Like, like, like you know, like there's like like sick like steel toe boots, like make some crazy like accessories on a boot. It'd be cool. Like a collaboration. You find somebody that does like sick leather work and mm-hmm. then like get a shoe work with them. Do, that'd be neat. That'd be sweet. 
Anybody fuck with leather? Hit up Sarah. I love collaborating. <laughs> it's such an important part of art, which is interesting because art, as I said before, can be very isolating. But some most in most circumstances, the most exciting things about art are results of collaboration. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean like this like the video, for yeah, example, it's, it's been playing. Like it's such this a cool is such a team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, from you know, if I didn't have the jewelry that you made, the, to the makeup artist Hannah Donovan, the you know, yeah, like everybody just, came together to make something that's just great. Yeah, everybody's using like their. And it's also like, like I don't get as much of a thrill if it's just me. You know, it's just like, oh hey, this is my work. I you know, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, like how, yeah. How do you feel about you know? modeling your own work i am exploring that a lot lately uh i was like kind of i felt like kind of nervous about it for a long time and um i feel feel, more confident now i feel like i would be nervous about it just from the sense of like i don't want people to have like a distorted sense of my ego or something like where it's like Mm -hmm. this is all about me but at the same time it's like well if you make something for yourself it's you know, it's fitted to you, but it also yeah, is but like, it's like not for me. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I have a lot of really awesome models and performance people who I work with who do a great job of presenting my work. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of idolize them and sometimes I want to do it too. It's, I just, just, it's just so interesting thinking about, I don't know how common it is in the world of, we'll say fashion for the designer to also model mm-hmm. their own stuff. Do, do a lot of people do that? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know if that's like a thing where it's like, is it because they just, you know, is it, is it like a taboo or is it a thing where people just don't want to put themselves out there like that? I, I know in know. some circumstances too, it could be like, Oh, you know, maybe, they just are like, oh, okay, like I'm a male designer and I'm making dresses for females or other people, you know, and it's like, this isn't my personal style. Right. But I design it. I think that's always an interesting thing too. it's also like part of the industry, like fashion is very like, this is how it is, you know, and I'm like, not obviously doing that. Yeah. <laughs> how is that? Like, how do you find that to be received by people in fashion um i think a lot of people are like what is this stuff you know like they don't get it a lot of people don't get it but i don't know i don't really care because i get it yeah (laughs) like a lot of people do understand what i'm trying to do i always find when something comes across my plate that i don't understand whether it is fashion or music if it's something that i engage with it and i don't understand it i'm like intrigued by that i'm like whoa like what is going on and Mm -hmm. i just want to like learn more about it even if it's like with music for example if it's something that like i know i don't like if it's still like something that's just off the wall and different i'm still going to engage with it and respect it because it's like this just came from some weirdo's brain Right. And I think that's like a very artist mentality, you know. Some people are just like afraid and they don't, they're like, oh, I'm not going to look, you know. And like, that's fine. 
Yeah. Do, do you find uh, they're obviously not my market? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I guess like there is a an element of uh, scary yeah. to your stuff. Is that intentional or is it just it's just an end result of I don't the? No, I just I kind of I just like it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just getting I'm getting an overall vibe from talking with you and getting to meet you where it's like there's not a whole lot of like you know uh preconceived or uh really thought out in a way where there's like anything more than just like I feel like doing something and I'm just going to do it and then it is what it is because it's a direct reflection of who I am it's mm-hmm. not so much like a oh like I have this idea to do uh you know, this like really dark avant-garde fashion. It's just, that's just what it ended up being as a result of your natural output. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, I don't know. I just think it's more interesting. Like the mood is way more interesting if it's like Mm -hmm. challenging you. I just want to challenge people, I think. Yeah. And then like that, that was the one thing that I really thought of, you know, when I first saw the stuff, I was like, this is just, I felt challenged. Like literally, visually challenged, just like, what am I looking at? It's also like, I think a lot of the, you know, sharpness in it is reflected in the view, like how the viewer is understanding it too. And I think it, you know, it's like there to like help you, you know, think about what's going on inside of your own life or history or whatever. Yeah. I fucks with it. It's super, super cool. I uh, and like I really don't know what else to say. Again, if you all out there on the internet land should definitely check out Sarah's stuff. Kingrail.com is the website. I'm sure there's Instagram, Facebook, all those sorts of things too. Do you want to plug any of that stuff? Kingreld, Kingreld, Kingreld. <laughs> Kingreld. Everything's that's what it is. <laughs> Before we wrap up, I guess one question that I should ask is the name, King Reld. What's that about? Um, yeah, so Reld is a fun word that I made up. It also like sounds like metal, I think, like meld and weld and um, yeah, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it actually comes from the last four letters of my last name reversed. Sindler is reld. Also, it just sounds good. Yeah. It used to be, the brand used to be called Reld Metal, Mm. which is fine. It's fine. But then like one day I was like, oh, King Reld, that's what it is. Yeah. That's, I mean, I guess just having that, the king terminology in it is very... And it's very like, you know... Trey Reich. Um, also, it's really interesting, like having King as sort of my pseudonym, um, because I identify as you know woman. Um, it's like a lot of people think that I'm a dude on Instagram. Sure, and like it's just funny, like the way that dudes talk to dudes. <laughs> I like get to taste that a little bit. It's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's funny. 
Um, like, yeah, you know, yeah, bro. Yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah. Sick work, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. Like, Welcome, princess. <laughs> That's fun. Hell yeah. It's really interesting. I was actually, I was, I, was, I was super curious because whenever we were setting up the talk and I was like getting all my notes ready, I was like, okay, am I going with Sarah or am I going with King Reld? Like, how do you want to market this? You know, is it mm-hmm. like, oh, this is my episode with King Reld or is this my episode with Sarah Sindler? Well, like, it's interesting because like in the fine art world, it's like you're, you usually are going to sign your work, Sarah Sindler. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, Nobody knows Sarah Sindler. Everyone knows King Reld. Yeah. That's it, great. Well, it's, you know, it's a thing where like, okay, like I have my, you know, performance name mm-hmm. of Sykes and right. then, but I am Brian. I am just a Brian. And anytime I meet people, it's like, hey, I'm Brian. And they're like, oh, Sykes? I'm like, yeah, I guess that works. <laughs> Call me whatever you want. I mean, I love being called King Reld. It's so satisfying. Um, but do you feel weird if you like are introducing yourself as that to yes, somebody? Definitely. If someone is like, "Oh, hey, King Reld," I'm like, "What's up?" But I'm never gonna be like, "Hey, I'm King Reld." <laughs> <laughs> but know? like, there's some times where it's like, okay, if I'm at a show mm-hmm. and I'm meeting somebody for the first time, it's like I need to say like, "Hey, I'm Sykes," so that particular person knows immediately who I am. Like if it's somebody that I'm performing with or right. somebody that's doing a show, like I am the person. I can't just be like, oh, like, hey, I'm Brian. And then five minutes later, somebody's like, hey, have you seen, is Sykes here? It's like, uh, that's me. It's like, yeah. oh. It depends on the space. <laughs> it's also like kind of freeing because it's like an alter ego, you mm-hmm. know? And that's cool. I don't know. It's a very powerful alter ego. <laughs> I like it. Thanks. Super cool. Well, hey, it was really, really great to meet you. Yeah. I was glad to get to see some of the stuff in person. I was hoping that you would bring some stuff and the earplugs. That's such a fun idea. Yeah. Musicians, check out the earplugs. Also, just if you like to go to loud shows. <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> Protect your ears. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. I feel like it's so, it's interesting because I legitimately feel like, like it's so hard to just like think about, I don't even want to like talk about the work that much. I just want to like look at it and take it in internally and trying to like verbalize all of my feelings on it just feels like it's like not even part of the point of the work Mm-mm. to yeah. do. I agree with that. I mean, Explore it within yourself for sure. Yeah. Just super, super cool. So for the last time, please go check out Sarah's stuff on the internet. And if you're feeling inclined, buy some shit. Yeah. I also do custom jewelry. So if you like have a cool idea of something that you want, I can make anything. I can even make a prosthetic eyeball. (laughs) (laughs) hell yes and uh with that being said that is all folks thanks so much for listening hope you enjoyed the conversation one more time sarah jane sindler aka king reld in the building thank you for being here i'll be back again next time with another episode same time same place same channel you know the drill my name is sykes start the beat 
2019. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening. Have a good day, people. Uh, and we are done. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.